fans how are you doing today it's talking hockey the hockey talking show right here on umfm 101.5 in winnipeg we are streamed you know anywhere that you can stream things that's where we're streamed at if you want to download the show as a podcast you can do it but we're here with you live right now it's uh, co-host tom i'm with as always co-host jared uh how you doing today jared i'm pretty good tom Pretty tired. Little, Pretty tired. Yeah, been a lot. It was a long weekend. Look, I got a, a I got a caveat to what I said with, that we're here with you live, listeners. We're, uh, we're not live. We're pre-recording <laughs> the show. It's not actually Monday at five p.m. when we are recording this. It is uh, Sunday night. So we're you know we're close to live. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's a pleasure to be here with you. We're excited to be here with you. We're going to call this episode of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're going to call it Season 6, Episode 4, The Or. Actually, uh, looks like I'm a poet and didn't even know it. Um, that rhymes. Season 4, The Or. Although, everybody knows number 4, Bobby Orr, rhymes. And that's like the saying, right? Like, is Bobby Orr the most famous number 4 to ever wear number 4? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the our sixth season. It's the fourth season that we've been assigning player names to number to episode numbers. Mm-hmm. And it took us this long to get to Bobby Orr. What's up and, with that? <laughs> well, so we had some other guys to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Noted legend Uwe Krupp. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know like I I'm I'm late to the party here I'm 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 the new kid on the block but yeah. I'm guessing you know you're not gonna you're not gonna go with with the big name right out of the gate right you're gonna well, dance we, dance it around it a bit yeah yeah exactly it's like at a concert the band doesn't come out and play the song everybody wants to hear first thing because right. everybody would just leave right. Right. Um, you know, and when we get to episode 99 this year, like we're going to call it the Gretzky because he's or the Wilf Paymont. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wilf. What are you he's doing? He's the only other guy I think. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but... So. So, yeah. Bobby Orr. What can you what can you tell me about Bobby Orr? So here's a guy that is considered by a generation of people who are one generation older than me. Mm-hmm. maybe two generations older than me mm-hmm. to be the greatest hockey player who ever lived. Um, over over had, Gretzky? Really? Guys like my dad's age who are like my dad's 70 ish now. Uh-huh. I mean, Bobby Orr wasn't his favorite player. My dad was a Stan Makita guy. Like he liked Bobby Hull back in the day. He was a Hawks fan. Right. Okay. But, um, you know, 
Bobby Orr was he was the greatest player on the planet for a solid six or seven years. Okay. Injuries unfortunately limited his pro career, mm-hmm. but he was like the first kind of phenom in a way. Mm-hmm. People knew mm-hmm. about him when he was 14 years old or whatever, kind of like Connor Bedard these days, right? So yep. we've known for four years Connor Bedard is the real deal. It was like that with Bobby Hull back in the late 50s, uh, early 60s kind of thing mm-hmm. when he was coming up. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, like I obviously don't know Bobby from watching him because he was done playing hockey at age 30 in 1979 and I wasn't born for a couple more years yet. So all I know about Bobby is, you know, what I've seen, the legend, obviously the famous photo, maybe the most famous photo ever. I was going to say, it's probably the most famous photo. My new favorite famous photo that I think... There's a lot of great hockey photos, obviously. That Bobby Hull, or sorry, Bobby Orr flying through the air, scoring the cup winning goal against St. Louis in 19, what was that, 1970? That's hands down the most famous photo. The picture of Radko Gudis screaming (laughs) in Joseph Wool's face after the Panthers eliminated the Leafs last uh, playoffs last year. Yes. I could. That could be my new family. That's a fan that to me, that's going to be a nicely famous hockey photo. It's, it's got it all. It's a toss up. Yeah. But Bobby, Bobby Orr, he had a 12 year NHL career. That's it. 657 career regular season games. That's it. He scored 915 points in those games by far the highest scoring defenseman, you know, at the time, well, like, like we mentioned earlier, best player on the planet at the time, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody had ever played like him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had a season where he scored, uh, 37 goals and 102 assists for 139 points. He also had a season where he scored 46 goals. He was a defenseman, Jared. Um, in those days, defensemen scored like two goals a season, you know, mm-hmm. so um, pretty wild stuff. He grew up in Perry Sound, Ontario. You ever been? I have not been to Perry Sound, don't. Um, so I've done the drive between the West and mm-hmm. uh, the East more times than I would like to admit. And... One of those times, a number of years back, I decided, because you go, if you take the certain route, you go right past Perry Sound. And uh, one of the, one time I decided, I'm going to take this exit. I need a break. I'm going into Perry Sound. going to go check out the, the home of Bobby Orr. And um, I went to the local arena, mm-hmm. looked at the trophy case in the front, you know, mm-hmm. for some Bobby Orr artifacts and and that kind of thing, and just, you know, took in Main Street and whatever, and mm-hmm. um, I checked out the the river, you know, the body of water that kind of goes through there, which is where, you know, Bobby learned to skate, and, mm-hmm. you know, famously played all that uh, shinny and stuff. So, um, 
yeah anyway nice little place nice if you're ever on <laughs> if you're ever doing that trek across ontario stop into perry sound um but yeah he's he's i don't know what else you can really say about him he's just like a legend right like what 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 would you kind of say about him well i mean obviously uh bobby or like you said he he is the he is the defenseman greatest defenseman of all time i don't think there is a uh a, a debate there um couple of things that i remember about bobby Orr. he was a a legendary pitchman for planters peanuts <laughs> um i remember him i like hockey day in canada i remember a commercial of him playing hockey against our old pal you can see him over my uh my shoulder here over against mr peanut uh mm. on the ice um but one of the things that's kind of interesting about Bobby Orr is uh, his involvement with a guy named Alan Eagleson. Does right. that name right? And so when changed the I mean, business of hockey, not only was did. he like he did. So so Bobby Orr was the first multi or was the first million dollar contract in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And when he retired, he found out that he was deeply in debt. And had to sell off most of what he owned. And so Alan Eagleson had been working with Bobby Orr from the time that he was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And so Eagleson was a Toronto lawyer, uh, developed a relationship with the Orr family. And uh, the two basically became a team and kind of cut out Orr's family on it. And so he fired Eagleson, uh, obviously, because he found out that he was ripping him off. But he was a was a primary witness in the the case that that uh, saw Eagleson con- convicted of fraud, saw him as disbarred as a lawyer. Uh, he also was a major player in the lawsuit that uh, changed the NHL's pension plan when it came to to old players, and then. He incorporated an agency known as the Orr Hockey Group, uh, that which was early uh, uh, early two thousands, and they rep repped a ton of players. Continue to rep a ton of players, including guys like Jeff Carter, Taylor Hall, uh, Pat- Patrick Sharp, Jason Spezza, the Stahl brothers, uh, Cam Ward, and then the other thing that I remember about Bobby Orr was that he was always one of the two head coaches of the uh the the, oh, big, the junior the prospect uh, case right yeah and, don cherry being the other i think right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. so he stepped down in 2011 but the i believe his team the team is still I think called, it's still called team Moore team or yeah. yeah yeah so and then one last thing about Bobby or uh because we gotta we gotta give a garage league update before we get to the break here. Um mm-hmm. Bobby Orr is like a noted conservative now <laughs> and Trump supporter. So there you go. Uh don't meet your heroes, folks. Um <laughs> not on, that, Bobby. Come on, yeah, Bobby. You know. Uh also uh what was it, GM spokesman because he played for Oshawa Generals, General <laughs> Motor City, uh mm-hmm. GM. There might have been some tie there. If you ever in Oshawa 
prepare to be amazed. That's their slogan. Also, just like whatever. And uh, there's a great mural of Bobby uh, downtown there. Um, and uh, go check out a Jen's game while you're there. Anyway, um, one little rundown of his co- sort of career notables for you. Hall of Fame, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was like inducted the minute he stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a two-time cup winner. He won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. That was in 66-67. He's mm-hmm. a nine-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. He was an eight-time Norris Trophy winner. If you remember mm-hmm. last week, we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, Harry Howell. Harry Howell. Harry Howell. And Harry Howell was the last guy who won it before Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> so, And then he was like, well, it's a good thing I got in when I did because Bobby yeah. won it eight times. Uh, there, He's a two-time Art Ross Trophy winner yeah. for scoring you know, leader, mm-hmm. two times uh, Con Smythe Trophy for uh, playoff MVP, three time Hart Trophy winner mm-hmm. for MVP, mm-hmm. and he won the seventy four seventy five Ted Lindsay Award, which is uh, was at the time called the Lester B Pearson Award, and that is for like dedication to the game. So that would have been, I think, when he came back from the knee injury, maybe yep. he had a heck of a year, nineteen seventy seventy one where he had the most points in one NHL season by a defenseman, 139. Most assists by a defenseman with 102. He was a plus 124. (laughs) 124. Triple digits. wild. And the only player on record to win four major NHL awards in one season, he won the Hart, he won the Norris, he won the Art Ross and he won the Con Smythe. Uh, also, the only player to win the uh, Norris and Art Ross trophies in the same year. Uh, yeah. Did not play. So, what you're not, saying, Jared, is that Bobby okay. or he's he not play too some bad. hockey. He's not too shabby. Not too shabby, he's, pal. Yeah. He can play some hockey. He didn't play in the 72 Summit Series because he was hurt. Yeah, that was, uh, played, uh, played in the 76 Canada Cup. And uh, there there are folks who say that that was probably the straw that might have broken the, the camel's back because he uh, he was in a bad way at that point. Um, he was uh, he was suffering and it, with uh, kind of injuries that had caught up to him. Yeah, uh, he was like the size of a basketball or something. Yeah, it, it it was kind of it was kind of a mess. Uh, there's a great quote here. Oh, Bobby Clark said, "Or could hardly be able to walk on the morning of the game. He would hardly be able to walk in the afternoon, and then at night he would be the best player on one of the greatest hockey teams ever assembled. He was the best player in every game, the best player in the tournament. He couldn't skate like he used to, but he could still go." And Daryl Sittler says. Bobby Orr was better on one leg than anybody else was on two. So there you go. There you go. Bobby Orr, number four. So we were like, oh, we'll just talk a few minutes about Bobby Orr, but we've gone 15 now and it's time for a a a break. break. So we got to throw to a song. Yeah. We'll come back after the song with a quick Garage League update for all you listeners who are so keen on learning what the latest on Winnipeg's premier rec hockey league uh, is mm-hmm. with all the furious action this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you up to date. 
coming What's up it? right after this song, we're going to throw to a song by the Sheepdogs. Jared, I love this band. I do. Um, they're don't one of my you, faves. Don't, don't you have some sort of tie to this band in some my small way? My friend Matt is their, uh, he's kind of their um, Mr. Everything, like, you know, behind the scenes or whatever. Sure. He, uh, he actually, so before we play the song, yeah. So my friend Matt, uh, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? Uh, he just made a concert film documentary about the Sheepdogs called An East Coast Poem. And it's um, they did a couple shows um, or a few shows this past summer down at the Shore Club in Hubbard's, Nova Scotia, a little fishing community just outside Halifax that has this venue where people like Matt Mays, Joel Plaskett, whatever, they, they go in and they do five nights or whatever. And it's a real banger every time mm-hmm. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so the, the Sheepdogs were there and did a few nights and, uh, Matt made a uh, concert documentary uh, sort of type thing about it. And mm-hmm. check that out on YouTube. And this is the Sheepdogs with their song, Up in Canada. That was the Sheepdogs with their song Up in Canada. That's off their uh, 2018 album, Changing Colors. You're listening to Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show right here on uh, UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Co-host Tom here with you. I got co-host Jared. We're talking uh, We're talking now about the Garage League. Uh, of course, um, if you listen to the show, you know, this is this is our league, baby. This is what we love to talk about. Um and a lot of great action this past weekend. Um, the big news, though, Jared, is uh, every team's got a name now. <laughs> we For the long, weeks. hey, we followed rules. 
<laughs> the former, the former, I can't even, we've had a name for so long. I can't even remember what team number we were. <laughs> two. We were team two, but yeah, we've, we, we were like on it with the team name. Right. So yeah. we just, we didn't let it stew too long and start second guessing ourselves. You know, we just went for, we went for it. And of course that it, the name that we chose for our team is the winter club seals, a mm-hmm. uh, little play on words. Um, mm-hmm. Which <laughs> it gets a mixed reaction, I think, but I like it because you can go a lot of different ways. Like, and just calling ourselves the Seals, I think, really works. And then also, we were the the home team, so we wore our navy sweaters. So we were the navy. We were the seals. navy Seals. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it really worked out. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Navy Seals were in action um, this past Thursday. Weekend, Thursday, uh, we took out. The team now known as Busta Twines. Busta Twines. (laughs) And we took them out 3 1. Great game by us, I thought. Uh, Yeah. Avenged avenged defeat from the opening game of the year. That's right. Uh, They they stomped uh, us. (laughs) When when Busta took us us to task. Uh, But yeah, no, it was was a good game. It uh, It was a spirited affair. It was a it was a fun one for the kids out there. Uh, we I think we it played... was spirited because I think there was a tripping call on each team. Yeah, two penalties in that game. That, you know, <laughs> we don't get that. But yeah, both teams yeah. played played hard, and you know, we we were nursing a, a three nothing lead going into the third period. And yeah, they broke the shutout with not a lot of time remaining. Yeah. Eh? like there was yeah. maybe three minutes on the clock or something left. Oh, yeah, oh, if, oh, if that, L- but less, yeah. 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 Goalie, uh, goalie, Sean for our squad played a heck of a game as always. And, uh, and, and goalie Pipskid on the other team also had a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a shout out the tendies and, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good team win. Yeah. That, yeah. so that moves our team to two wins, one losses on the season. You gotta like that. Yeah. Um, uh, we're we're not big on offense though. Right? We've got some low scoring. Uh, you know, if we can if we can keep the other team to less than three, we're we're good. Which yeah. is pretty crazy for beer league because usually its scores are a little higher than that. Sure, and on Saturday sure. night there was a game with a score a little bit higher than that. It was a five four overtime game and a win for uh, a team now known as Les Mitten Malade. Um, they were formerly known as Team. Three, no team. Four. Team one, team one. My bad. Yeah, we we beat uh, Les Mit last week. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, they beat the team formerly known as Team Three, which is now known as uh, the Spare Parts. And so that game was quite the game. I was there scorekeeping for it, working the clock, and um, it was. Let me just tell you. So the spare parts jumped out to a three nothing lead. Excuse me. Two goals. They scored a goal 20 seconds in, 40 seconds in, something like that. I forgot to write down the time of the goal. So, but um, then they tacked another one on in the first. Then they, you know, increased the lead to three nothing in the second period. And then probably mm, halfway through the second period, um, uh, Sheldon Burney, local author, 
past guest of the show, mm-hmm. a friend of the show, you might say, Jared. Uh, he banged in a rebound for, or, or I don't know if it was quite a rebound, but it was a greasy one, goal mouth scramble kind of thing, banged it in, gets the mitts on the board. And uh, then they went on to sort of, you know, they stormed a comeback and then some. They they came back with four straight goals to go up 4-3. Um, Carter Hankey, friend of the show, put in a beauty uh, top shelf backhander to to make it 4-3 with probably only a couple minutes remaining in the game. And I'm sitting there, you know, running the clock thinking, well, that's got to be it, right? Well, no, Dustin Carson of the Spare Parts, he had another he had other ideas. He came in and basically just one man unassisted barged down, put the puck in the net, tie game with a minute left and it went to overtime and it wasn't long before um it wasn't even the Durand brothers. I wish it was, but it was um it was Roger who put it in, but it was a real nice tic-tac-toe play. Randy was in on it, and uh, yeah, it was a beauty to to finish things off. But I'll tell you the story of the of Le Metem Melad because um, it's a bit of an inside joke, I suppose. But it's such a good phrase; it translates literally to the sick mittens. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, so our our good buddy there, uh, Raël Durand. Um, uh, Franco Manitoban and uh he's got he's got Les Malad. And so one one time after a crest of steel game a few years back, and he had, you know, stick handled his way into and out of a phone booth and then some uh and scored a beautiful goal. We're sitting in the dressing room afterwards talking and somebody said it. I don't know where it came from. It might have been Randy, I think. <laughs> or maybe Eric, it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, just threw that out there and it was, it's stuck ever since. And it's been a, a favorite expression. Anytime somebody's got nice, nice hands. Oh, this guy's got Les Mitan Malad. And I'll tell you that team, they've got several guys with, with sick mitts. Yeah, very much so. Um, so that's the GLH update for the week. I guess, right? That's the week yeah. three update. We don't play again until um, Saturday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Roger had a quite himself had himself quite a game with a goal to assist. He's now the league scoring leader after three games played. He's got two goals, four assists for six points. And uh our buddy Lambo, friend of mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. he's uh sitting in second place in the scoring scoring race with two goals, three assists for five points and after uh, three games. So um, we were going to segue. Yeah, we were going to segue. This How is are... what we call listeners. <laughs> uh, this is what we call in the radio business, uh real smooth kind of yeah. transition. Yeah. So we're <laughs> going to talk about a different topic now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'll, t- we'll tie, we'll tie it all in on, on, on the back, uh, the back end of this, but, right. um, but what we want to get to is the pride tape debate or not debate right. controversy is, the yeah. one, I suppose, which is ridiculous. It it's so stupid. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's quite the thing, Jared, that the NHL in 2023 has decided that they would 
almost rather um, bow to Russian interests than they would uh, be like a socially moral entity. I don't know how to explain it, but like it's just a bizarre stance that the NHL is taking on banning pride tape. I so, get it in a way. Well, I do get it that they've kind of said no more uh, warm up specialty jerseys. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. Back in June, the NHL announced that teams were no longer allowed to wear specialty jerseys during warm ups, practices, or games. Yeah. And it was a unilateral ban following a season uh, where several players refused to take part in warmups when their players, uh, when their teams wore pride jerseys. Okay, starting so with Ivan Provorov, several players. For, I, I would say, Philly. yeah, several players. <laughs> the Stahl brothers, James several, Reimer, and se several players. I think there was maybe seven or eight. So then, yep. last week, the NHL. Just prior to opening out of how many in the whole league? 400, uh, 500, 600 players in the league? I don't know. Well, sure. you've got 30 teams and 24 players, and I'm not very good with math, but that's <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. So last week, just prior to opening night, 720. NHL, there you go. Tom's got a calculator. Uh, <laughs> the NHL sends out a memo to teams saying uh, players, uh, what players can and cannot do as part of theme celebrations this year saying uh, they cannot use rainbow tape for pride night. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot of folks uh, talking about pride tape, pride tape, pride tape. So pride tape is an actual company that yep. makes the rainbow colored tape that uh, a lot of teams have been using. And they donate money to uh, LGBT gr uh, uh, groups, and so you it know it was started. It was started by somebody in Edmonton, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. He's like a professor, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And um, yeah, so that it kind of that's how it was. That's the or I, I mean, that's not a very in depth origin story, but like. You know, um, I could go and ahead and you know read you their about uh, on their website, but there's they they've got it. From what I understand, it was started by a guy who I think is a professor from Edmonton. Um, if I'm wrong, sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they they're it's more than just tape, right? Like that's their kind of product that, uh, you know, and then they've got other merch or whatever, but like it's, it's the tape is um, kind of like the public facing thing, but it's something that's very visual that you can sort of show allyship with, you know what I mean? Right. Like um, right. it's out there, you can see it. Yeah. Um, so it and, started, and, started there's a lot of background stuff that this organization does. As yeah. Well. So started back in 2016, uh, by a grassroots collective of individuals, academics, and community members who saw a need to make sport more inclusive for LGBTQ plus youth, athletes, coaches, and fans. I would really encourage you to go to pridetape.com slash about 
and actually read this page and and watch the video. Uh, they say our sole purpose is to promote diversity, equality, inclusion through sport. We make tape. You make it powerful. They did a, uh, I guess, a study with McEwen University in uh, Alberta, and they've got five, six different sort of mandates to um, like basically a call to, uh, for lack of a better word, a call to arms, right? Like yeah, call to action kind of thing. Call to yeah, action. It's, like, it's a better yeah. term. Yeah. So here are, here are some things that, that you can be doing if you are part of the queer community, if you are an ally, if you are a good human citizen, right? Like these are things that you're already uh, probably trying to do in your day to day and it's just it's it's ridiculous to me yeah. that in this day and age that this sort of stuff is is still an issue and it doesn't make well, any s- sense to me no that, like for the last how many years the NHL has it's and it's not only pride well, nights and they have Indigenous these slogans of every, and, hockey is for everyone and, like, uh, you know, all these kind of slogans that is obvious now that that's really just lip service, it seems like. Well, because it's if it's, it really was for everyone, then they wouldn't be essentially uh, making a statement that um, is exclusive to uh, LGBTQ plus people. Right. Like, right. But it's like it's not it's not direct homophobism or I don't know if that's a real word. But you, you know what I mean? It's, but yeah. but it's 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 like I I just saw this word on the on the website. It's casual homophobia is what well, it is. and like there's a lot of that I find in in hockey in general. Like historically, yes, it's changing. And you know it's it's crazy because like you know with garage league, I feel like it's there's four teams there's 60 people we're gonna hopefully expand to six teams next year or beyond whatever but it's like it's it's none of the bull of like this macho world of hockey that yeah um a lot of us grew up in and with right and 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 are sick of you know what i mean well and so here's the thing is that studies show that at least one in every 10 people is is lgbtq plus and so when you think about it okay so out of 60 then those the those stats would say okay well six might identify that way um the nhl right you said 720 players well if we're the statistics are correct then one could surmise that at least one out of every 10 of those players could be part of that community. But when things like this happen, it's just like you're setting back an entire movement. Do you think any of those players are going to feel comfortable? Do you think enough to come out like you've seen in some of the other major sports? It's ridiculous though, to me that the NHL for the last 10 7 to 10 years right this jersey thing has become a thing mm. it started mm. with the the pink the pink breast cancer jerseys mm. most most like of the teams night. do military night right a lot yeah. of the teams in canada are doing 
uh, uh, nights for indigenous communities uh, in and around their local areas. Winnipeg does one for uh the South the Asian night or whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh South... no, the Filipino night or yeah, whatever. South, South Asian appreciation night. Right. Yeah. And so the NHL is basically saying hockey is for all, except that we're no longer celebrating any of these things. Mm-hmm. And those communities were getting money from the jerseys that were auctioned off afterwards and sold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in uh, the case of the Pride Nights, they were auctioning off sticks. They were auctioning off gloves. Yeah. All these that... are all going to nonprofit organizations. Right. It's and... not going to get the, you know. And then also on top of that, you have to think this is all a board of governors, owners, whatever kind of decision. Or maybe it's just straight up Gary Batman. I have no idea. But it's all the like rich white men who own the teams. Right. And like usually they print jerseys like money, right? Like they love coming out with new jerseys every single year. Well, every single time they have one of these specialty uh, or theme nights or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. There's a jersey that goes along with that. That's just more jersey sales for them. So like from a business quote unquote standpoint, it's stupid. But from a, a social standpoint, I just it it's so backwards and it's such a spineless coward cowardly thing that right. the nhl is doing but like for pride tape themselves you know uh, a tsn story i was reading um talking about brian burke's kind of involvement in things and whatever but uh i don't remember who the quote is from but the you know it's basically said like NHL was never the focus of Pride Tape when it started. It's a community grassroots thing because right. for in order for everything to change, it has to start at that level and grow. Right. And right. I think that like with with um, the younger generation coming up, it's just kind of such a part of the discourse now that we talk about stuff like this, and oh. it's not. Uh, you know, like it's just so different than when we were. One hundred percent, right? Like, I, so I, I have members of my family who identify in the LGBTQ plus community, right? And with, uh, with the the conversations in and around that, right? Like, my kids understand all of this stuff because they've grown up with it. Right. And I find like with their, uh, their age group, it's, it's a non thing, right? They know they, they talk freely about, about their pronouns and, and all sorts of different things that, as you said, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been something that, uh, that could be discussed when we were growing up. Right. And, and this is only, you know, 20 years, right? That 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 there has been positive change. Um, I guess at the end of the day, the thing that I don't understand is the NHL saying, oh, hey, you know what? Like this game is for everybody. But we're going to say that w- we cannot celebrate all yeah. of these communities on the ice. We'll still hold pride nights and military nights and breast cancer awareness nights and indigenous nights in the arena. So come 
give us your money. Yeah. But we're not going to like we're not recognize gonna, you. We're not going to recognize <laughs> you. The players that you're coming to watch aren't going to recognize you, right? And it's Which ridiculous. So silly because it's, we t- it's supposed it's, to be a fan-driven league. You know, it's supposed to. It's just it's 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 infuriating, is what it is. And they're yeah. a bunch of they're a bunch of f and cowards. And yeah. you know, like it's all it comes down to. And it's it's so hilarious to me too that when you kind of I mean, I don't, I don't even want to go there, but I was going to say, like, when you kind of read, you know, like the general tone of it that uh, from everybody I know who I've talked to, um, everybody seems to be on the same page as we are right now. And then when you read like online stuff, and this is just like the world we live in, mm-hmm. that there's such a like a vocal, uh, like, um, I don't know, like uh, such a vocal group that is so anti everything, everything. I don't know. But this is, but but it's infuriating. And that is, that is just the internet. So I need to just like be able to be like internet F off. Right. (laughs) Right. So a couple of notable quotes and, you know, we've talked about this and it's been talked about quite uh, a lot this week and deservedly. Sure. Like every, every, every skate of, I've been at every, you yes. know, every time I see a friend, you know, we're talking, talking you know, about talk it, right? hockey. That's what we do. We're talking yeah. hockey. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Connor McDavid, you might've heard of him. He's, he's oh, a pretty, yeah. he's a pretty big deal. He would says, you, would you say he's maybe this generation's uh, Bobby Orr? Sure. That's what I would say. <laughs> so he, he was quoted as saying, I've expressed disappointment in not being able to wear the various jerseys or the tapes, whether it's pride tape or pink tape. Is it something that I'd like to be see back in place one day? Certainly. Okay. So Connor McDavid, you know what you do? You tape your stick with with the rainbow tape. You tape your stick yeah. with the pink tape. You tape yeah. your stick with whatever goddamn tape you want to tape your stick yeah. with. Because right? what's Gary Bettman gonna do? Suspend you? Yeah. The best player no. in the world? I don't no, think so. He's not. No. What's he gonna do? Fine you? Well, yeah. guess what? The city of Edmonton will pay your fine. This country of Canada will pay your fine. I'll send you a couple bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so then the next quote is kind of Switzerland here. Brad Marchand, captain yeah, or one of the Switzerland comment. right, says, I truly believe in my heart that if there's something you support, then you support. If not, it's okay to have your own beliefs and feelings, your own way about things. But to be pushed to do something you don't want to do or to be banned from something you want to believe in, there's got to be a line where we can all have our beliefs and support each other. Hey, guess what, Brad Marchand? I don't disagree with you. I think that it's a punk comment and you're riding the fence. But what I do think is, hey, if I want to tape my stick with... Pride tape, then by your definition, I should be able to do that. And nobody, right? It shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't be an issue. The final one I'm going to read, Brian Burke. And this is, this is the one that makes it cements it for me. Right. And, you know, people know that Brian Burke's son was, was out as a gay male. And Brian Burke has, has marched in different pride parades. His son was a member of the committee that the NHL put into place to make the game more inclusive. So like you can play or something right. like that. Brian Burke says called originally. 
yeah, says this is not inclusion or progress. Fans look to teams in the league to show that they are welcome. And this directive closes a door that's been open for the last decade. Make no mistake. This is a surprising and serious setback. Just like what are yeah. it makes no sense. It is yeah. it is. It is like and yeah. the, the arguments that Bettman has given trying to defend it are so no, it's just like dig, dig yourself a deeper grave. You dumb, yeah. Yeah. Dumbass. You, yeah. Um, but yeah. And Burke has had some good quotes about it. Actually, he's um, I like Brian Burke. I've always yeah, liked Brian Burke. Same. Yeah. Same. He, he calls um, it like it is. And he's he's a hockey guy. Right. Like mm-hmm. he can't say, oh, well, he he never played the game. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. He's, he's been in hockey his entire life. life. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so that so let's segue because we got to throw to a song now too. It's uh, we're we're getting long in the tooth on this segment here as well. So yes. that was um uh, that was some good chit chat uh, stemming from all that. Our garage league team, the uh, the Winter Club Seals, or just the Seals, um, we decided that we're going to go ahead and buy a box of Pride tape uh, from the website directly. And uh, I think it's like 36 rolls in a box or whatever. So we're good. You know, we're kind of divvying it up. Eh, we've got extra rolls. So uh, if you're listening and you want to grab a roll or two, uh, mm-hmm. I think it works out to six, six seventy five a roll or something six, like that. Six eighty. Let's call it six eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, also encourage those of those other teams out there. Right. Yeah. Like. These folks, the Pride Tape folks, um, they were somewhat dependent on the visibility that the NHL usage might bring them. Now, Mm -hmm. however, that being said, I bet you their website is getting a little bit more traffic (laughs) because of all of this. So that's great. These are folks that, you know, put your put their money to good use and they are supporting communities that don't necessarily get support. They are supporting communities that might include your community. So, you know, uh, they've got lots of cool stuff. I ordered uh, a t-shirt as well that I, that I, I quite enjoy. And uh, yeah, uh, pridetape.com. And uh, you know, if nothing else, read the about, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, good stuff there. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So let's throw to a song. Uh, this song is what song are we throwing to? I'm sorry. Uh, I totally on that. Ho- Hockey hair by the band Pansy Division, right. who are uh, a all uh, queer uh, punk band out of uh, California. Uh, yeah. They are quite uh, quite kind good like live. 80s, yeah. uh, a little bit into the 90s, yeah. but more on- more 80s maybe. Yeah, they put out put out uh, music on Lookout Records, which was mm-hmm. the initial home of Green Day. They've got some ties to uh, Mint. They toured yep. with uh, your buddy uh, and friend of the yeah. show, uh, Grant Lawrence. That's right, the Smugglers. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's a good one. Hockey hair, Pansy Division on uh, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's such a problem.
All right, that was Hockey Hair by Pansy Division right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Jared, it's the, uh, the third period, as we like to call it here on the show. Uh, we got to wrap things up in, uh, you know, we got we got about 10 minutes to talk some Winnipeg Jets. Because the last time we were talking, they hadn't started the regular season yet. Well, they're two, ga- two games into it now. Um, the uh, the boys are one and one. They got... Um, when, when's the next game? I think it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Los Angeles Kings will be in town. Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, now wants to be known just as P.L. Dubois. Really? Yeah. That's the word. Word on the street. That's his California cool name now? Yeah, I think hey, so. I think I'm, he's like, I'm he's PL. like look, I'm, I'm an kids. L.A. guy now. Call me P.L. Um, does, I don't know what voice i was just doing but it doesn't matter yeah They're mine was mine down. was no better that, that will be one you don't want to miss tuesday october 17th the la kings the stanley cup champs are coming to town uh this week too yeah the on uh, thursday on thursday yeah, yeah that, that'll be good too but yeah the uh the team won their home opener against florida paul Maurice back in town um so they took that six four, mm-hmm. a game that probably should have been five two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you watched the game, but I did was, not. Uh, uh, but uh, quite the finish. Yeah, Ethan gave me the rundown when I got home. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it sounds like the boys kind of white knuckled it in. Uh, Florida pulled their goalie with about five minutes. Yeah, left. there was there was quite a bit of time left, and they've got two empty netters. Uh, and then the Winnipeg Jets were able to kind of hold on and get an empty netter themselves to make it six four. Mm-hmm. They lost the home opener to, or sorry, the season opener to Calgary um, in a game that I think many feel they should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, Markstrom was kind of standing on his head in that one, mm-hmm. and um, Hellebuck maybe not as much, and. Uh, the winning goal came on a very bad uh, mistake by veteran defenseman Nate Dog Schmitty Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, he he iced the puck uh, at a point when the line that had been out there for a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. they were gassed. They had nothing left in the tank. He iced it where he didn't really have to you know what i mean like it was a it was a blunder you know mm-hmm. a gaff, if you will and um there was a lot of heat on nate schmidt after that because the 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 flames came down won the face off scored a goal win the game uh and and schmidt was getting a lot of again with the internet jared schmidt was getting a lot of heat on online and uh you know and i i we were talking uh you know, about this the other day. And I was like, oh, you got to get this guy out of there, you know? <laughs> well, he goes and has himself a not, I wouldn't say, a, you know, it, it was a perfectly fine game against right. uh, uh, Florida. Well, kind of goes to okay. show, you know, the veteran defenseman that was like his 600th career game or something. Yeah. Um, You know, like people have bad games now and then. It's an 82 game season. Um, I think that there's just like a lot of heat on him because of his paycheck. Well, okay. 
and this is the thing. I like Nate Schmidt. I like Nate Schmidt a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's he's a positive guy. He seems to be uh, like a good uh, dressing room guy. He's a good leader. Folks seem to like him. He's a good quote. He's funny. But yes, he carries one of the bigger uh, contracts on the team. Um, and with the Jets having a plethora of defensemen, He's gonna he's gonna be under that uh, that that uh, magnifying glass all mm. year, all year long, right? And so it's too bad, but uh, you know something tells me that Nate Schmidt is he's a professional, right? He's heard this yep. this 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 Schmidt before, right? <laughs> so um, there's what, there's a lot of talk about how Billy Hanela was basically gonna take that roster spot from sure, Schmidt on sure. opening night had he not you know, yeah. broken his ankle horribly yeah. in the, what was that? The final preseason game, such a shame for Vili. And, uh, I guess that is the way she goes, but way she goes, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But yeah, I, I will say that, um, you know, I think at, at some point in the next couple of games, they're going to have to play Declan Chisholm or, or Logan Stanley just to kind of yeah. get somebody, some, some ice time. Is it going to be yep. in one of the next two games? Maybe not, because these are a couple good opponents. Uh, yeah. uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, you know. we got, yeah, we got to go. We, yeah, we do. Yeah, people have been been listening here for too long. Um, but that's good. You know, you should be listening. What else are you yeah. doing? Um, you yeah. are tuned. In. Yeah, you are tuned in. Uh, so I wanted to play one more track. Um, yeah. it, and so it's kind of a hip hop classic and, uh, I went and saw a wonderful rap show at the, uh, Canada life center, uh, this past sold week sold out. It was wonderful. Uh, some rap legends from New York, uh, the Wu-Tang clan and Nas and De La Soul. Uh, maybe you show- heard of them. Big shout outs to the Ghostface Killer who came out wearing a Cole Perfetti jersey. He is he is <laughs> sure he is a big Cole Perfetti fan. He I he, bet he knows his hockey, man. Yeah. And th- I mean, these guys wore Islanders and Rangers jerseys and stuff back in the day too. Well, but they're from I mean well, exactly, it was just it was so funny though, because it's just like, oh, look at that. He's wearing he's wearing that new third jersey, that powder blue. And then he turns around, it's number 91. It's just like, you would have figured it was like Shifley or it was Hellebuck yeah. or it was even uh, Lowry or whatever. But How stoked is Cole Perfetti right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like friggin' Ghostface Killer was wearing my sweater. Well, Take that, boys. Take that, you boys. You know, on their locker room playlist, what he's picking, right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, <laughs> I wanted to close the show with some more new york legends uh a uh wonderful trio called third base and a song called the gas face simply so that i could say that this one goes out to gary bettman because i know he listens too and gary bettman you get the gas face which if you've heard the song it's not a it's not something you want (laughs) it's it's not a good thing no gary bettman not a friend of the show no, no, we wouldn't even acknowledge if if he was a friend of the show. We <laughs> just keep our mouths quiet. So, uh, so anyways, third base, the gas face, uh, 
what do you always say at the end? Uh, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Hey, bye. Hey, yo, man, my label mate, Don Newkirk, man, step to him. Thanks, Search. And now for the Prime Minister. Gave it the first light. A grin shows a trick up a sleeve. <laughs> what a tangled web they weave. Deceive is stupefied through fable. Say, let's make a deal at the dinner table. Put you on tour. Put your record on wax. Trust me. Sign your life on the X. You exit XOR. But what you really get? A box of new ports and Puma sweat. Text beads and frowns upon Emus. To give a gas face and drinks from a thermos. Sub rock could at you with a clipper. Gas face given, I beg to differ. Pete, that was real tough, man, but I gotta get serious now. Hey, yo, Don, step to him again. Everybody, MC Search. Black cat is bad luck. Bad guys wear black. Must have been a white guy who started all that. Make the gas face. For those little white lies. My expression to the mountainous blue eyes dip for my face and shake my skull cap. Dismiss the myth that evil is not black but opposite spectrum. This done by red man with horns on his head. Lay down the Don't speak of bleach, bend them to right Say it was night way before the light Put aside spook, search leaves a trace Of setup correct with the effect of the gas face Next up, Don A special appearance by KMD's Sev Love X A gas face, can either be a smile or a smirk When a pair's a monkey race to work once clockwork Kirkin is built to the rim of my cup Don't tempt me, you're empty So fill her up as I'm talking coffee or cocoa Another gas face victim. There it is, yo, fellas, man. Why don't you step to the mic, man? Hey, yo, good looking out, Don, man. Peace.